listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics to help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Connecting with people online and in person is becoming more important for your business than it ever has before. It's been said that the success of your business is often determined by the connections that you make. Today's guest has been called one of the world's top 25 networking experts by Forbes. Her name is Michelle Tillis Letterman. She makes regular appearances on NBC, CBS, Fox, and Wall Street Journal, just to name a few. In our conversation today, we're talking through three of the high-level points from Michelle's latest book, The Connector's Advantage, that will help each of us become better connectors. With that said, here is my conversation with Michelle Tillis Letterman. Michelle, so glad to have you here with us today. I'm happy to be here. So as a great connector myself, I have to say that I am excited to get into the topic of being a connector today. And your book, The Connector's Advantage, is the best book I've actually ever read on the topic. I'm so excited that that I got this in my hand and started reading it, immediately fell in love with it. You did a fantastic job, Michelle. Great work on that. Oh, thank you. That just just thrills me. So in the introduction of your book, uh, you mentioned that you don't consider yourself lucky. Instead, you consider yourself to be a connector. Can you share a story explaining what this means and how this has happened in your life? Oh, God, I have so many stories. Um, <laughs> Let's go with one. <laughs> you think about it. And, and everyone out there, I want you to think about your own story. If you think about something that you've accomplished, something that happened for you that you feel really great about, then think about the list of people that got you to that point. Like if you're on that stage of, of you know giving your award speech. Um, and I'll never forget the one and only time I got laid off. And you know, it is traumatizing. You think you're fabulous and you get these great reviews and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, you're out of work. And uh, I called a friend from business school just to commiserate and tell him, I'm like, guess what? I got laid off. And his response was, come work here. And it was literally um, from that phone call, I had a job offer three days later from that bank and started exactly one week after I was notified that I no longer had a job. And it wasn't because I called this person to say, give me a job. It wasn't because I nurtured the relationship thinking one day you'll give me a job. It's because what I talk about is connecting and being relationship focused in everything that you do so that those relationships are there when you do need them, even when you're not even asking for them. Right. I've actually heard you say that relationships and connecting are critical to your results, success, and happiness. And I believe, like you say in the book, that we're moving into what's called a network age, and relationships are becoming the most valuable asset that any of us will ever have. Absolutely. It, it really is, you know, if you think about how we value things, the information that we have accessible to us online and everywhere we look at reviews. We trust reviews. 92% of people um, trust the reviews that they see online, and they are four times more likely to buy when they are referred by somebody that they actually know. So as we're thinking about building our brands and building our businesses, those, you know, you just said, you love my book. Uh, I'm like, can you tell someone else, you know? (laughs) And I will, you know, I will. (laughs) It is critical. It is your most important asset. And, you know, when we think about being a connector, when I talk about the connector's advantage is simply this, whatever you are working on, whether it's a new client, a new job, your health, everything, 
you're going to get there faster, easier, and better as a connector. I love it. Faster, easier, and better as a connector. Now, if you could just give us a little bit more of a definition of what it means to be a connector and why it really matters before we jump into the main topics here today, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what this really means to you. Well, you know, it was really interesting. I did a whole survey research really trying to identify the characteristics of a connector, uh, thinking that, you know, you, you know, only certain people were wired a certain way. And, and what I found is that the idea of a connector is somebody who is relationship focused. They prioritize relationships in all of their interactions and everything they do and in the way that they think. But what I also learned was that anyone can be a connector. The mindsets that I uncovered in the survey um, weren't innate, but were consistent. Uh, the one differentiator that I did see was that connectors get a personal sense of satisfaction by simply connecting other people. And so um, a connector is somebody who embodies these mindsets and has certain attributes and characteristics and behaviors, and we'll talk about some of them today, that, that cause this network to, to exponentially grow and support. Right. I know that that's been true in my life as somebody that, that I consider myself to be a great connector. I know that might, that might sound a little, a little bit bold to say, but uh, it's something that I've, I've become very good at over the years. And I first discovered this skill actually when I was um, volunteering at my church. I started connecting people to the different small groups that we had available to them. Just by meeting them within a few minutes, I could tell, oh, I think you'd be a great fit to meet this person, this person. And I became energized by it, charged by it. And it was something I never realized I had within me. But when I discovered it and the power behind it, the influence that you gain with people uh, from connecting, uh, I, I mean, I really stepped all into it, Michelle. It, it became part of who I am ever since then. It's been so important in my life. Well, I mean, you actually just gave a great tip to anybody out there listening, which is when you are connecting with somebody, when you're meeting somebody, and we are always connecting on the playground, at church, at temple, at, um, at the supermarket. I mean, I've met people on the line to the ladies' room because there's always a line at the ladies' room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you are always connecting. And when you learn a little bit, when you are social and curious, which is one of the mindsets, and you understand what is important to somebody else, then you have... Um, that natural kind of synapse flying going, oh, do you know, or would you like to meet, or who can I connect you with? And you are embodying another mindset, which is the spirit of generosity. And so um, anybody out there who is having a conversation with somebody, I want you to be in that mindset of thinking, who do I know that you would want to connect with? Who can I create a mutual, beneficial, valuable conversation between with this person I'm talking to? And when you do that, you are giving a gift. You absolutely are. And I want to get into, into three of your seven points in your book, The Connector's Advantage, Seven Mindsets to Grow Your Influence and Impact. And today we're going to cover three. I handpicked out three of them that I think will really relate well to the Creating a Brand audience. So I want to go ahead and jump into these today. I do recommend the audience pick up a copy of this book because um, as I mentioned to you, Michelle, this is the best book on connecting I've ever read um, and being a connector. So you did kudos to you. Great job. And today, for, for sake of time, we're just going to jump into the three that I picked out for the audience. So Number one, connectors are open and accepting. So the idea is that we are accepting of other people, but also accepting of ourselves and open to learning about them. So when I talk about this idea of authenticity and that real um, being the beginning of a relationship, if you're not real, I can't connect to you. I can't relate to you. So when we think about it, authenticity is the core of likability, but openness, that's the foundation for connection, that willingness to share of yourself, about yourself, but also being accepting of 
um, what you're taking in from somebody else. And there's a concept in there and um, you didn't mention it, but I love the idea of a unique charm. Um, and because this is how I accept myself. A unique charm is this quality about ourselves that it's core to who we are. It's, it's, it, you know, it's that, oh, that's just Michelle type of phrase that somebody right. uses with us. Um, but that quality might not always work for us. And when we are open and accepting of both others and ourselves, we, um, you know, we do find that uh, charm in the qualities that might just sometimes drive us crazy. Uh, I'll give you an example. I can talk. You know, which is why I love these podcasts because I get to just talk, and right. <laughs> um, and sometimes silence maybe makes me a little uncomfortable, and so I fill it all up. And when we do that, we don't give room for somebody else. And I'm never going to be the quiet girl, but what we can do is learn to accept the quality, but flex the quality. So I have learned to take a breath before I speak, take a breath between sentences to see if somebody wants to jump in. I've learned to ask questions and listen first before saying, oh, 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 all the time. So um, this idea of, of let your uh, realness be, don't pretend to be something that you're not, but understand how to flex it, which is the temporary adjustment, right? The momentary shifting to enable that interaction to thrive with somebody else. Yeah, on page 48, you actually have one of my favorite quotes, which is to be yourself because everyone else is taken. I've, <laughs> I found this to be very true. Actually, when I was really young in, in the business world, and I was actually really young, I got started at 18 and kind of thrown into some big business at that point. I started going to some networking events and I, I was really lacking self-confidence at that point because of my age. I had just a few people initially tell me, wow, this is just a kid. And it really stuck with me for some reason at 18 year old, like I knew what I was talking about. I knew that I could do the same level of business that these guys were doing, but they were double and triple my age. And uh, I kind of brought in this persona that I had to pretend to be someone other than myself. I wasn't being real to who Alex Sanfilippo was anymore. I was being who I thought that these older people wanted to see. And it didn't go well for me. It was a huge mistake that I made in trying to connect with people and be a connector for other people because people can really see right through that. At least I found that to be true, Michelle. Yeah. And what happens is when we are not being real, it actually impacts the ability of others to trust us. Mm. And connectors trust and they, they, um, they give trust and they get trust and they are trustworthy. But when you are not real, if I kind of feel like you're putting on a show for me, that immediately erodes trust. And just about everything that we do, all the micro actions on a daily basis are either going to contribute to building trust with somebody or breaking it. Yeah. So the big takeaway for here is to, to trust one and then also be trusting and, and be yourself, be real, be who you are. When you're connecting other people, it's so important to do. Uh, Michelle, to move on to the second point that we have today, uh, this is my favorite one from your seven mindsets. I, I can't really say that because I really enjoyed all of them so much. But if I had to pick one that really stuck out to me, it's this one. Connectors believe in abundance. And you start off this section by talking about how scarcity is scary. Can you explain your experience with this and, and why you say that? Yeah, you know, this is really one that resonates with a lot of people. And I think people relate to this idea that scarcity is scary. Um, and the reason is because scarcity is real and it's tangible. And I share in the book that I grew up uh, 
not as a total have not, but definitely in a community where I had a lot less than others. And, um, you know, it stays with us. Uh, I always say that my mom loved the sidewalk sale because if we had furniture in the house, which oftentimes we had rooms that had no furniture because we would sell them to pay the mortgage. Um, but when we had furniture, it was typically something my mom found on the street. And to this day, she still loves the sidewalk sale. She cannot resist. <laughs> She's like, but it's there, you know? <laughs> right. That's great. Um, because she still comes from that place of scarcity of I, I don't have, um, I have to find creative ways to um, to have abundance. And, um, and, and so the reality of the pain that we feel around scarcity is what makes it so real for us. And it's also what makes it influence us. Um, usually negativity influences us much more than positivity. The belief that I can avoid pain will cause me to act more than the belief that I can achieve gain. Hmm. Um, but a connector has a shift in that mindset. They believe in abundance. They, um, they do a few things that help them shift that mindset because I, that for me, this one's not easy. And I want you to give yourself a break because you are going to have those moments of jealousy. Like, oh, they landed that client, right? And, oh, no, then I didn't get it. And that's that scarcity mindset where it could be, you know what, I would love to learn what they did and how they accomplished that so I can um, get the next client because there's enough clients to go around. And that belief that there is enough, a connector doesn't really believe in the idea of competition in a way. Because when you believe in abundance, I always say, I don't have competitors. I have a lot of strategic partners and I have a lot of alliances. And that's the mindset of abundance is that um, I don't have to be in competition with you. I'd rather be a collaborator with you. Do you think that most companies and, and people have this abundance mindset going in, like going into business and things like that? Because every business I've been in uh, from that time I was 18, I was talking about up till recently has always had this idea of strict and heavy competition and there's not enough to go around. It's kind of always the, the unspoken mindset. Do you find that we've all been conditioned to this? Is that why we kind of just naturally go that way? Or is that just how we're hardwired? What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, there's a little nature and a little nurture. I, I think you hit something very interesting. I do think there's something, um, there is a form of healthy competition. Um, but it's how we respond to that competition that makes it healthy or unhealthy. Um, if we lose, right, I'm putting lose in air quotes that you can't see. <laughs> Thank you. Um, then, you know, we retreat or we feel bad or we, right, versus, you know, internal healthy competition. Like I think some of the Apple type organizations have people doing um, development on the same idea. And yes, one person's idea might get to fruition, but if they can come back and say, hey, you're... Um, your pushing of me helped us get here or your idea or that tweak that you did in yours, we want to pull that into ours. And, and so it almost feels like it's a collaboration um, through the mask of competition. And so there can be really healthy ways to infuse competition, um, but I would like to call it collaborative competition. I just I coined that, that phrase. <laughs> you did. I like that. <laughs> That's really good. You know, and just to kind of humanize this for everybody as well, it's something that that although I, I don't no longer have that mentality, always thinking that everything's a competition, that I more have this abundance mindset, it's it's still there. Um, and I'll, I'll share a recent story. Uh, creating a brand is in the process of launching a, a uh, something in the podcasting industry. I'm not going to give too much away right now, but a product release, it's coming out pretty soon. And recently we did a lot of market research. We didn't find anyone doing what we're doing. And now more recently, we've seen two different people come up. They're doing something somewhat similar, not the same, 
but close enough. And then the, immediately I got those feelings inside where I was like, oh man, like this is my competition. And I immediately start feeling threatened by it uh, without even knowing who these people are, knowing exactly what they're doing. But that feeling comes up and I have to remind myself, Alex, no, it's okay. There is plenty to go around. There are literally, I mean, like 900,000 podcasters or something like that, whatever it is these days. There's enough to go around and I don't have to start thinking that way. Um, instead, like you talk about in your, your book, let it motivate you instead of make you feel threatened. Um, so that was really helpful for me, actually. That one really stuck out to me. But again, just to humanize this whole idea that, that having this abundance mindset is not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but you do need to develop it because it's so important when you get into the game of connecting people. Can I tell you a quick thing that might also help here? Because we all feel that and, and we don't need to beat ourselves up for having that moment. It's about how quickly we can shift out of that moment. Um, but I always found it fascinating that when you have multiple of a certain type of business in an area, all businesses rise, whether it's three gas stations on a corner, whether it's a bunch of fast food restaurants, whether it's a bunch of car dealerships, and they've seen it with all three of those industries. When you have one gas station, it doesn't do as well. When you have three in direct competition on the same corner, they all do better. So you can think about those people who are entering that field and doing something similar as great. We are increasing the industry interest, right? And so it's not that there was a, a you know, 10 clients, we're going to make it that there's 10,000 clients. That's great. What, what a great perspective, Michelle. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. Uh, before we move on to the third, the third way to become a great connector, uh, it'd be a shame if we didn't touch on something that you wrote about in the book as well, which is practicing gratitude. You talk about this in the same chapter. Can you talk to us a little bit about what practicing gratitude means? I love this one because it is so simple and so powerful. When we think about practicing gratitude, it is creating a habit and it can be however you want to implement that habit, but it's that mental moment that you take as frequently as you want to recognize the good. And, you know, as we are coming out of a very challenging time in, in history of this pandemic, um, one of the things that I did throughout was what's the silver lining? in this, um, you know, the great um, impact of the environment, you know, <laughs> the canals of Venice are clean and the smog over China is lifted. Um, the amount of family time that we have, that we're playing all sorts of games and we got our dartboard going and we have a dart competition. Where's our silver lining? That is a way of practicing gratitude. And, you know, when it's not in times of crisis, I have a very simple habit, which is just, what was the best part of your day? And making sure that we bring our mind to positivity um, and gratitude every single day helps us feel happier, which also impacts our health. It sure does. And I love the question that you talk about in the book. You say that you ask your kids uh, every day that you ask them, what was the best part of your day? And that's something that my wife and I actually do. It's the last thing we're doing before we're going to bed is just what were we thankful for from today? And it's crazy because if you have like a really bad day, like let's just say nothing really went right. If you stop and think about it, you can find a handful of things that you're thankful for from that day. Every single day there is something. It's so important just to get in that mindset of being a person of gratitude. I found it to be so impactful in my own life. And I know, Michelle, it's been exactly the same for you as well. Absolutely. As a thank you for listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, I'd like to invite you to join our private community for free. If you text the word community to 1-904-299-8992, I'll respond with a free invitation link. 
Once you join, I'll connect you with other community members and resources to help accelerate your success. Join today by texting the word community to 1-904-299-8992. I'm looking forward to talking to you within the Creating a Brand community. And now let's get back to today's episode. So as we transition into our third and final point we're going to share with the audience today, I want to just mention a quote that you also have in the book um, by, from Winston Churchill. Uh, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. I think that's such a great quote. And this last one is connectors have a generous spirit. Can you talk to us about what it means to have a generous spirit? I think this is probably one of the most foundational components of a connector and a super connector. And uh, you called yourself a great connector, and it made me wonder, like, I have a quiz about what level connector are you and where you actually land. So. And I'll be taking it. <laughs> if I'm right. And I'll apologize to the audience if I'm not. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I would just from the things that I'm hearing from you, I hear that you are certainly an acting connector and potentially a niche or even a super connector. That idea that you said of, oh, I just get such a kick and a rush out of connecting other people, that is part of that generous spirit because connecting other people is a gift. And when we talk about having a generous spirit, it's the idea of being in service and of adding value. And it's not about putting yourself last or second or at the bottom of the list. It is just about um, having that, you know, joy and desire to be valuable. Because when you are valuable to others, that actually helps strengthen the connection and deepen that connection. But it also gives you permission to ask and to be generous with yourself. And when we talk about having a generous spirit, it is both outward and inward. And I want, you know, we we know whether we're supposed to be generous outward. And and you can look at so many um, beautiful things that happened during the, the pandemic. Um, you know, I actually, you know, I joined this group of coaches that is giving free coaching to our first responders. And um, I've seen, you know, teachers that have 3D printers that are making masks. There's so many things that we can do um, that does something for us. So by giving, we are giving to ourselves. Um, but giving doesn't have to be um, big. It can be, it can be small. Um, saying thank you is a gift. When you said this was the best book I ever read on connecting, I mean, like that was the best gift I will get in a long time. You know. <laughs> um, so words can be a gift. Um, in, information is a gift. Introductions. Um, invitations, even if it's something you're not going to. There are so many ways that we can be generous with others, um, but I don't want you to forget to be, about being generous with yourself. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's a shift. Right? That's important as well, right? Yeah, because what happens with connectors is we want to say yes. Mm-hmm. We are asked for things and we want to say yes. But because connectors, one of the mindsets we didn't talk about is connectors are conscientious. We do what we say we're going to do and we follow up and we follow through and we can get stretched very thin if we keep saying yes. Um, So part of having a generous uh, spirit with yourself is to understand um, when you need to say no and to be okay with it. Yeah, that's such an important point. And, And generosity one thing I've found about it, and it, I believe it all starts with you, really. Like it has to start with you taking care of you and being generous with yourself, making that margin for you. Uh, but it's also very contagious. Uh, a generous spirit is contagious. When you do something small for somebody, you know, paying it forward at a at a coffee shop where you're buying the person behind you in line's coffee. I've watched it happen where I've paid for something behind me and then they buy the next three people behind them. 
And by that point, I'm gone. Who knows how long that continues to go? But something as simple as that, that's just generosity that people are watching. And it really is contagious. I think in your book, you call it infectious is actually what you call it. Um, But it is so true. It's something that people grab onto and love because we have to be reminded of it sometimes. You know, I think no one really doesn't want to be generous. You just don't really think about it when you're going in the the day-to-day of life. But sometimes you watch somebody do something very generous and it sparks that inside of you as well. And it just, like for me, it motivates me to get out there and do something as well. There's actually research behind it. I actually talk about um, kindness begets kindness and it becomes exponential because we are um, bombarded in the news with so much negativity. But when we see acts of kindness, the more you see acts of kindness, the more people are inspired by those and then um, create those acts of kindness themselves. So I actually at one point started a campaign called 365 Living Giving, which is, you know, how can you live the the concept of giving every day of the year? And, um, you know, and I got such great stories of things that people did, but by sharing it, it amplified it. And so highlight those things that you hear, that you see, um, because the more that they become visible, the more they will happen. It's so true. And you know what, as the world's kind of coming out of what I consider to be possibly the most negative time I've ever seen us go through, from a global perspective, it's needed more than ever is showing that as much as you can, you know, we're not just talking in person connecting, actually online connecting as well. Show those moments. I think it's a beautiful thing that the world needs to see right now. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the funny thing is talking about silver linings and the belief in abundance and generous spirit, um, you see that come out in droves. And I have been taking screenshots of me with my college girlfriends. We get on for our happy hour every Friday and my local (laughs) girlfriends were trying to find Mahjong online. I found myself talking to my family and extended family a lot more frequently than I did on a regular basis because you get mm. caught up in life. Um, so I think in a way that um, physical distancing actually created a lot of emotional connection. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's been the same for me as well. Um, Michelle, I'm loving this conversation and we're both people that love to talk. So I know <laughs> we could keep this going for probably every year. Uh, before we close out though, and again, this, this book is just incredible. The whole audience, I encourage you guys creating a brand, pick up a copy of The Connector's Advantage. It's, it's amazing. But before we close out, do you have any final thoughts you want to share with us about becoming a great connector? What I want people to recognize is that um, there is no natural tendency to be a connector. It is all learned behaviors. It is all things that anybody can infuse into their interactions. It is not a step-by-step process, um, but it is just a a way for us to embody that prioritization of people and relationships. And so when you are out there doing that, the things that you are working towards will get to you faster, easier, and better. And that's the connector's advantage. Love it, Michelle. What a great way to end this episode. It was an absolute pleasure to learn from you today. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Thanks for having me on. If we can grasp the practical wisdom that Michelle shared in these three points today, each of us will become better connectors and in turn, our businesses will succeed more. I'd actually love to continue this conversation with you. And if you will, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 064 to answer my multiple choice question for this episode. Which of the three points from this episode spoke to you the most? I'd love to hear your response and have a conversation with you there. Michelle, thank you again for being a guest and helping us all to become better connectors. To learn more about Michelle Tillis Letterman and to pick up a copy of her book, The Connector's Advantage, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 064. Thank you as always for listening and I'm looking forward to bringing you another masterclass episode next week.